Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy of World Harvest Ministries and we are so delighted to be with you again as we are discussing, addressing and speaking on the current events that are taking place in this hour and really to come with you with a biblical perspective, a prophetic understanding and and this is what is joining us t- today again and we want to thank all our listening internet audience who are tuning in and we want to invite you to tell others if you can and and help us to pass the word and tell others about these podcasts that I believe are of such importance in this hour. Today joining me on the program is Pastor Fernando Milan and would you uh, greet the people? Amen. It's uh, such a privilege and honor. I've been looking forward to this uh, third podcast of our series. Um, chose the name for for these podcasts, the series. What in the world is going on? Yeah, and, and uh, a lot is going on. A lot is going on, and uh, um, I'm excited about uh, this third podcast. And uh, uh, in case we forget, I want to go ahead and just uh, uh, let the people know that uh, uh, we have been receiving your emails. We have been uh, reading your comments, and uh, uh, if you do have any comments or any questions <laughs> concerning our podcast in uh, any future podcast, or maybe you just want to tell us, you know what, I heard your podcast and I got saved. We want to definitely hear from you. So you can email us at info at worldharvestministries.net. That's uh, info at worldharvestministries.net. We want to hear from you. Uh, because every time we do, it is a blessing, and uh, we will be praying for you and look forward to this podcast. Amen, Pastor. And also on the other line, joining us is Evangelist Marty Martinez. Brother Marty, so good to have you with us again. Would you please greet the people? Yes, praise the Lord. I'm so excited about what God has uh, been doing and what he's begun in these podcasts. And uh we're so honored and privileged to have you, uh, the listening audience, joining us, those of you that have partnered with us uh, throughout the last several years, and those of you that are new to the Ministry of World Harvest Ministries. We are simply uh, uh, a group of uh, believers who uh, who seek not uh, worldly gain, but heavenly gain. And, and our desire is simply one thing, that you would have the same passion and desire and and wonder and amazement at the at, at the word of Almighty God, but above all that you would come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're welcome here, Amen. and uh, and we're so honored and privileged to have you listening today. Uh, it is our effort uh, to to do a podcast every day, so that what you will be hearing will be all uh, current events and uh, and relevant to uh, to the day that we're living in. So whether you're listening a month from now or whether you're listening tomorrow or whether you're listening today, uh, we are we are gathering together on a daily basis uh, because that's really how things are fulfilling, isn't it, man of God? I mean, my God, yeah, you go to yeah, sleep absolutely. at night, you wake up yeah. in the morning, and it seems like some, some other catastrophic event has happened or some world-shaking event is happening. But bottom line, uh, what, why we call it what in the world is going on, is because uh, really the whole world is at turmoil, and we feel that uh, we want to give a, a biblical perspective 
to uh to 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 the current events of our day and and in our hearts and and and, and over the years of our study we do know one thing that all of these things are pointing to the eminent returns of the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we welcome you today, and we pray that uh, this podcast will be a blessing to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Marty. Um, You know, brothers, uh, it seems like every single day something fresh is happening. Something on the news is taking place of of gargantic proportions. I know that you guys are aware what happened just this last Sunday. Uh, the news tells us that yes. there was a shoot, uh, a shooter, a man went into uh, a church in Tennessee and where one person died and I believe six or seven others were wounded. And um, it looks like the news is dying down, but there's there's so many things just in that reporting that that seem a little bit strange concerning who did it, uh, where this person was from, and so forth. And and you think about things like that, and, and you say, what in the world is going on? Not just that, uh, the political, um, and I'll let you guys uh, you know chime in, but the, also the political and and really the rumors of war, especially the war of words between our president and uh, and the leader the dictator of uh, North Korea. Uh, many right. many of the reports that I have read in the articles tell us that it's not a matter of if, but when a possible yes. nuclear uh, war could take place. And, and not just that, really, the climate right now in our nation, here in the United States of America, it is one that is really a melting pot right now. There's a, it's coming to its fruition, uh, the consequences of our sins. The other day, I, yes. I just want to read, I, I want to read something to you, because just a quick expert, uh, excerpt that I read, and, and then I, I want you guys to, to chime in, but this is from, uh, Os Guinness wrote a book, and in one of his chapters, uh, the question was posed, what kind of people do you think you are speaking to the American? This book was written a few uh, years back. But I, I wrote something here that he, and I want to quote from what he said. He said this, the following. There is always a moment in the story of great powers when their own citizens become their own worst enemies. Not so much in the form of what we know of homegrown terrorism, but in the form of the citizenry thinking and living at odds with what it takes for the nation to thrive. Wow. When I read this, when I read this, what, what impacted my what is the moment we become a nation that goes away from the word of God, that turns from from the word of God, we no longer think, we begin to live at odds with the word, we will not thrive as a nation. The only thing that will await our nation is destruction if we do not repent. And so what we've right. been dealing in, in, in these podcasts, uh, we've been dealing with uh, Matthew 24, Genesis 1.14, the condition, what's, what is taking place in this hour, the question must 
be posed again. What in the world is going on? Wow. Brother Fernandez? Now go ahead. Um, I think we should get into Matthew 24, as we spoke about, um, since, since Brother uh, Jeremy mentioned it. Um, and, and, we'll, and I'm sure you'll go ahead and turn there, Brother Marty, but it's it's uh, definitely uh, a deafening sound coming from our pulpits in regards to these issues um, in America. Um, and I feel that as ministers of God, we must, I mean, we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice as ministers of God to pick and choose what we want to preach. I mean, you can go all over the land today in the United States of America and, and church has signs outside of their buildings uh, with subjects that they feel they need to preach next Sunday to keep the people coming. And the truth <laughs> is, nobody is talking about what in the world is going on. Nobody that's wants so to true. address the issue. Yeah, Nobody wants to hurt anybody's feelings. And we're not here to hurt anybody's feelings, but at the same time, uh, we must not be ignorant to the times that we're living in. I mean, uh, I'm going to be real honest, and, and that's what a, that's what this podcast is for, is, 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 is as three men of God, we come together and to share our hearts, you know, uh, and, and really, really uh, uh, share with the people what, what we're sensing is going on. And um, the themes that are about to come to this earth, Brother Marty and Pastor Jeremy, and we've spoken about these things in private, um, you know, and, and we, we, we've been all over the world, preached the gospel together. Uh, yes. We, we, we've seen what the religious establishment is all about and is doing, uh, unaware to the people, but uh, we know that they have little importance or they, 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 they really don't care. Um, what's really taking place, they're really worried about their names and their, their own ministries and kingdoms that they're building. And and But what's coming to this earth is so, so astonishing. You know, again, we quote Luke 21, that the hearts of men will begin to fail them for fear of <laughs> the things that are coming upon the earth. And we must be aware as a church, as the body of Christ, uh, what's taking place, and um, uh, if you want to go ahead and uh, chime on that, Brother Marty. Yeah, as, as you both were speaking, and uh, the quote that Brother Jeremy uh, read was uh, is so profound, I, the thought came to my mind of the great French philosopher, uh, Tocqueville. Yes. Uh, when yes. he crossed the ocean to come to the United States of America, he he came to our 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 great land in its infancy really but but to, to discover what was the secret of of the fact that a group of people could cross an ocean and 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 against all odds uh thrive as a nation and begin to uh, you know burgeon uh, into what would now become you know some 200 years later or so give or take a few years uh the greatest power on earth uh, that that in the history of mankind has never been seen before, and so when he came, the uh, you know the quote that Brother Jeremy read and what you were talking about, Brother Fernando, really was resonating in my heart because he really took an in-depth uh, study as he traveled uh, the country of that day and seeking to find out what was the secret of our greatness. And, you know, to some uh, of you that are listening out there, you know, you might have just 
stumbled across this and, you know, you might not even believe in God or you might be agnostic or, you, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, 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 you know, you're, you know, when you're saying, well, why are you guys harping on the, the Bible thing? You know, well, first of all, the United States was founded as a Judeo-Christian nation. And when yeah. Tosselville came to look at our country and to explore, uh, you know, the different um, institutions that, that you know, uh, were the framework for what would become our country, he, he made the statement. He said, you know, when I came to America, I, I, I went to look for, for the secret of her, of her power, of her blessing. And, and he said, you know, I went to her, her, her political uh, making uh, apparatus, her, her legislative body, her, her judicial body, uh, you know, her executive branch, which would be the presidency, uh, the Senate, you know, he, he studied all that and he said, but, you know, I, I did not find the secret of her greatness there. He said, then I went and, and studied the captains of her industry and, and, and uh, her economic power and, and uh, her business prowess and so forth and so on. He says, and yet I did not find the secret of her, of her greatness there. He said, then I went to her great halls and institutions of learning. And he said, I thought, surely within her educational system, this must be the secret of her of her power. And he said, and yet I did not find her her greatness there. But then he said this, and it always I've never forgotten it. Uh, he said, he said, when I went to her churches and oh, to her synagogues, but when I went to her churches, he said, I saw men standing behind pulpits thundering out holiness and righteousness and wow. calling a nation to God and and yes. the people responding yeah. to that call. And he said, I realized that the greatness of America did not lie in, in, in all of her secular institutions, but the greatness of America lied in her belief, Amen. in her faith, and her commitment to Almighty God. And what a statement, wow. right? How far wow. right. have we have we as a nation drifted from that? So sometimes listening to us, <laughs> we might sound like you know a big downer. My gosh, you know everything. The sky is falling, and on and on and on. But you know we're old enough to remember a time when we could walk down our street and, and not be afraid, not look over our shoulder at who might be behind us trying to to hurt us or, or steal from us or. Or, 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 or I think as I'm, as I'm speaking right now, I'm thinking about like Chicago, for example. We're, we're in the year 2017. Uh, Chicago, one city in the United States of America, set the record for murder in America. And over the last couple of years, literally more people have been shot to death on the street, on the American streets of Chicago, Illinois, than have been killed in, in, in the war of Afghanistan and Iraq. Wow. Since 2001. So literally, America has become a war zone in parts of its own cities. Surely something is wrong. Something at the very core of our people that our prison systems, our judicial systems, uh, you know, our, 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 uh, our psychiatric systems, our educational systems, and, and sad to say, yeah. even, even our religious systems can no longer address the problem. Something at the very core of our country it has decayed to a point where we have a generation 
that no longer can look to those places of stability and find an answer there as to what it is that is going on. And 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 it's as if an entire generation. You know, I'm thinking as I'm speaking right now. You remember the story in the book of Exodus, when Joseph uh, was sold into slavery and through a series of miraculous events would be elevated to the second most powerful position in the face of the planet as he would sit next to Pharaoh, and in effect save uh, his father Jacob and his uh, his brothers from uh, from famine, and uh, Israel would uh, would become a nation as a result of it. Because of the blessing that was bestowed upon the nation of Egypt some, my goodness, now 4,000 plus years ago, uh, God was honored within, within the Egyptian system by Pharaoh. But then the Bible says something very interesting there. It says, but there arose a Pharaoh who knew not the God of Joseph and remembered yes. not the God of Joseph. And suddenly, as a result of this, the people of God who once had the blessing of God uh, uh, lost that blessing and were sold unto slavery. And it, is, it appears yeah. that we have, we have in, in, a, in a sense, entered into a time and history of the United States of America. Now, I'm not saying there isn't wonderful people out there. We, we know them. We've seen them. We've, we, we interact with them when we travel and so forth and so on. They write us, you know, on our website and stuff. But, but as a whole... When you look at the nation, we look at our nation, and it's a nation completely divided, but not just divided on an ideological basis. It's an ideological division that is breeding hatred and violence and, at its core, a lack of mercy, grace, and love. And I submit unto you that is because... You know, we could lay the blame at the feet of, you know, Congress and the Senate and the the President and go down the line. But the truth of the matter is, is like Cockwellville said so many years ago, the greatness of America has always been in her churches and her synagogues, where morality and righteousness, and I'm not talking about legalism now, but I'm talking about the true word of God was was sundered from, from the hearts of men and women who had a complete devotion and commitment to God that was so pervasive and so real that it that it that it transcended generations and and propelled this nation to a place of great blessing until now we have reached a nation really for all intents and purposes uh the majority of this nation and I know this is going to be a kind of a controversial statement but the majority of this nation does not know the God of Joseph does not know the God of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What are your guys' thoughts on that? You know, history, history is asking us that very question. Mm. What kind of people do we think we are? You know, these are very momentous times. You know, the questions that that I've written down are, what kind of society have we become? Mm -hmm. You know, we 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 in America have become a spectacle to the world. This is not the America that that people know. A divided culture, divided by race, divided, and all these things. And and I think about just think about this for a moment, men of God. In the last hundred years, we we can talk about the things that we have gone through. We have gone through the great. Depression, right? You guys remember the Great yeah. Depression? 
Yeah. You guys remember about eight or nine decades ago, uh, Pearl Harbor, World War Two. We, yeah. we we also uh, can talk about the 60s, the tumultuous 60s, right, the influential 60s. We saw right. in the 80s, early 80s, the collapse of the Soviet Union. We saw uh, in 2001, about just 16 years ago, uh, September 11, the 9-11. And all of these things that have happened, and you ask yourself, every, every event that, that I have mentioned, why has this come? Have we not learned? Was this a test for America? Was this a warning for America of what was to come? Mm. And now we find ourselves in 2017. Uh, again, a nation divided, no respect, no respect for our flag, no respect for each other. Um, wars, earthquakes, the disasters, the political, everything is a mess in our country. God is speaking to us. But, you know, that's the question I would tell the audience that are looking, that are hearing us. What kind, is, is who, what kind of people are we? What have mm-hmm. we didn't, didn't, didn't Jesus ask that question, um, concerning, uh, the people of his day, uh, some 2,000 years ago, he asked this question. I think it's very uh, relevant today. He said, um, what shall I liken this generation unto? Hmm. You know, it was it was an open-ended question. In other words, uh, had Israel accepted Christ, uh, th- that question would have been answered as a generation that believed in him. Yes, but instead, but instead, it was you know we know how how that question was answered. It was the generation that ultimately uh, crucified him. Jesus Christ. Crucified yeah, well, that's my God. That's a powerful statement. Say that again. What? How, how will I? What did you say? How will I like? Well, what, shall, what shall I like in this generation unto? In other words, Jesus was asking this question of what will be the end result of this generation. Mm. You know, what, what is the future of this generation? And he was seeing it. He yes. was seeing the, 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 again, it was a nation divided, right? Yes, yes. 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 It, was not, it was a nation divided. It, it was very uh, similar to, uh, to, to our generation today. Um, and, and I feel the same question is being asked to uh, this generation, and our nation in particular, who has received much like the gospel, of the, of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, has been yeah. given to this nation like no other nation after Israel. So this is so true. I do believe, so if people may say, hey, well, you guys are just, you know, you're doom and gloom creatures, or you're just, you know, a pessimist. You never see, you know... <laughs> Contrary to what being full, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you make a valid point, uh, and and that's a powerful point you just made about about the Lord and and the question that he that he asked rhetorically out loud. You know, is is basically they had reached the point of critical mass because we know that they had the opportunity. Israel at that time had the opportunity to accept or reject. But the interesting thing to me as I'm thinking about it is that um, we know that within that generation there were multitudes who received him 
as their Lord and Savior. There were multitudes who believed on him uh, as as their Lord and Savior, especially, of course, after the resurrection. Uh, we know that the Apostle Paul tells us that he appeared to over 500 witnesses and so forth and so on, and the church was born and it grew to where we know it is today. But but he asked the question, and and really the people that had the power to affect the nation were those that were in leadership. And and they were the ones who had the power to That's arrest him. That's the key. Right. Yes, and to turn him over and to ultimately uh give him to the Roman Empire uh for his his uh for his for his for his murder really, for his crucifixion. And yet, you know, I, I think that we're at the same place now because you know the nation is filled with with really good-hearted people, but but if we look at 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 at, at what is driving this generation, it is it is social media, it's the the technology that we possess uh, to communicate and to interact with each other, uh, you know, on a on a moment by moment basis, so that I mean you'd be having to live under a rock somewhere if, to be uninformed about something. You know, and, and so there are powers that be that are behind the scenes, huge corporate conglomerates, both in the business world and that influence the political institutions within our nation that that can make a difference and lead the people in a particular direction. But but they are and and, and also of course, because ultimately what we're talking about in the Bible here, at a spiritual level the 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 national establishment ministry, whether it be Pentecostal, charismatic, or go down the denominational line, has the power truly inherent within the Word of God, should they choose to give themselves to it, to lead the nation in the proper direction, to thunderously proclaim, hey, we need to put the stop sign up here and and at least take a pause for a good long while and, and take an honest analytical look at ourselves because we are failing at every level. We're failing at every level. We can't even, my goodness, at our politi- at the highest levels of our political establishment, we can't even agree whether we can agree to vote on something to agree about. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, we have a president in the White House you know, I I pray for I pray for the president. I pray for Obama. I prayed for Clinton. I prayed for Bush. I prayed for Reagan. I prayed for Trump. But the truth of the matter is, we have a president in the White House that uh, that has so much power to lead the nation in one direction, and from one day to the other, you can't tell what this guy is saying, Mr. President. Uh, the other day, he just uh, he used he used a cuss word to describe uh, some young men in the National Football League who refused to stand for the National Anthem. Now, look, man, we can go down the road and, and argue whether, you know, it's right or wrong or this or that, and I don't want to get too far off into the political world. But the fact of the matter is to hear the President of the United States cussing in front of children and a national audience, that's not the kind of morality. Out of line. Out of line. Completely out of line. Completely out of yes. line, and 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 yes. if you want to ask me, well, oh, are you a Democrat? You're like, no, I'm a Christian, <laughs> and I vote along I vote along the lines of of my moral conscience as the Word of God 
speaks to my heart. So I wouldn't necessarily identify myself with any party. So any of you listening out there go, wow, you're just, you know, you're one of these liberal, you know, theological people. No, I'm not. Would you like your, you know, five-year-old little son or little girl to hear the president of the United States sit there and call somebody a cuss word simply because they exercise their free right to free speech, whether I agree with it or not? No. You know, but this is this is the, the this is the the leader of the free world, the leader of our country. Okay, so enough with that. Then we have the 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 uh, political making body, our, our congressmen and our senators, fighting, yelling, screaming, nothing's getting done. Then we go into our institutions of education, and and rather than encouraging the young fertile minds of our children. Uh, to to learn the basics, reading, writing, and arithmetic. I'll give you an example. My daughter goes attends a university. She goes to English 101, okay? I mean, you know, basic English. And instead of actually being taught basic English for the first couple of weeks of her semester, she's got to listen to a tirade from an incredibly progressive liberal telling her that everything that she's ever been taught at home is wrong, that her mother and father are nuts, that God doesn't exist, that, you know, on and on, go down the list. Well, well hey, look, if you, <laughs> want to take, if you want to take a class that says, you know, I'm anti-establishment, I'm an anarchist, and, you know, that's just how I want to live, and God is dead, uh, you know, take go ahead and take the class. But if I want to sign up for English and I got to listen to this, hey, that's wrong. And so, and, and that's just one isolated case. The fact of the matter is, is that's taking place all across this land, whether it's Harvard, <laughs> Yale, Columbia, or even down to our local community college. Our young people right. are being inundated by intellectual bullies that they're afraid to even submit a paper that might have a, a differing opinion, uh, wow. which you know, because they're, they're they might get an F. So we got the educational system, the political system, we've got the executive presidential system. So what does that leave us as a nation? It leaves us the the the, the thing that that must be the the bottom. In other words, the thing that must hold us up has to come from our our spiritual institutions. As we were saying earlier, we are a Judeo-Christian society whether you like it or not. That uh, that is how we were founded. It's interesting because we were talking yes. to you, brother brother Fernando. You mentioned earlier that the United States has had greater light than any nation in the history of the world, and this is to save Israel. And this is true, brother, because Israel received uh, Genesis to Malachi, Judeo or, or right. Judaism. Right. All right. The United States has both Genesis to Malachi, Matthew to Re- Revelation. So in essence, we received even greater light than Israel did. Right, so our sin, right. our sin is twice as bad in the fact that right, we right. reject the very God that blessed us and, uh, and, and allowed us to become the great power that we are today. You know, I'm not sure if, if, if this is the right person and I should have done my homework, but we're just having a conversation. So, uh, I should, I should have researched it, but I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I think it was John Adam. Who said uh, he said that you know the constitution that we've developed here uh, uh, you know uh, it, it will only work <laughs> I just don't know that's like uh, like I say 
I will, uh, it will only work if we have a, a moral people. So, but when the, when the people cease to be good and moral, and, and, and I'm just talking about the basics of what we all know to be right and wrong, he says it won't work. And that's what we see happening today. Amen. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> no, um, you're absolutely right. Uh, that we're, we're at a at a at a point in our history. Um, I, I, honestly, we have to. We're at the over. point that, that that this this whole tirade I just went on. It was inspired by what you said, what Jesus said, right? He said, "How will I liken this? Uh, to what will I liken this generation? This generation's at a crossroads." Go ahead, bro. Yeah, it was a generation that sought a sign. Yeah. You know, uh, and he told them, oh, there you go. well, uh, I'll give you a sign. Uh, and the Lord has been giving signs to this nation, and we've been speaking about those signs um, the last two podcasts. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, when the world's going on, number one and number two, this is number three. Uh, we brought out the points where uh, how the Lord is speaking to us through signs. And, and it, it seems like these signs, <laughs> I heard a preacher the other day, uh, uh, you know, uh, get on these signs and say that, you know, what was taking place around the world is, is, is basically not of God because we're still here and the rapture hasn't taken place and so forth and so on, completely out of line. But, uh, um, you know, he, he, Jesus told him, I'm going to give you a sign. It's going to be the sign of Jonah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I believe the Lord is saying the same today. You know, you didn't listen to to the signs that I'm giving you, and He's speaking to us. I mean, we're talking about uh, uh, the hurricanes that the, the hurricanes that took place these last few weeks. We're talking about superstorms, superstorms, yeah. the likes that science have never seen. You know, they even uh, said that, didn't they? Say that? The, yes. the, the the guys at the what do they call it? The the National uh, Hurricane Center. I heard a couple of them guys say, "We have never ever seen what we're seeing right now." Wow, what a statement! And that's yeah, all they do is one uh, <laughs> so, Go ahead, I didn't mean to break you. Know, you just... <laughs> so you're talking about you're science, right? I mean, you're talking... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me finish off that thought. Uh, yes, we're yes. talking about science, and it's all connected with the state of our political, our political arenas in our nation. Uh, laws being passed going completely against God's moral standard. Um, so God says, "Okay, uh, I'll shake up the earth. You know, I'll, yes. I'll, 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 I'll send hurricanes. I'll send earthquakes. Uh, I'm telling you to wake up." You know, and, yeah. and all these things are happening before our very own eyes. And it's like God's, you know, God's people in particular, the preachers, um, they're, they're asleep at the most critical juncture, at the most critical time in history. Yes. Completely yes. asleep. And, and so Jesus says, I'll give you the sign of Jonah. And we know what that sign was. It's the sign of his coming. You know, uh Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, whether you realize it or not, he's coming. Yes. He is coming for his church. He is coming for a bride without spot for blindness. And, again, going back to Matthew 24, uh, 
we, we, we see the interest of uh, the disciples were on material things. They, they, they set their eyes on the on the temple, um, and, and they, they're telling Jesus, look at, our, look at this edifice, look at this beautiful temple, and what do you think about it? You know, what do you think about what's taking place in Washington? What do you think about what's taking place in sports? What do you think about what's taking place in social media? What do you think about these things and that and those things? And, and, and that's all it seems that many people are interested in. And, it's, and Jesus tells his disciples, I'm not interested in that, and, and literally changes the subject and begins to speak about the things that will take place in the last days. And that's that's why right. we come to the people in this podcast, uh, and we're trying to do these podcasts. We want the people are being inundated. Christians are being inundated. I mean, uh, most preachers have become mouthpieces for the Republican Party from the pulpits. You're right. You're right. That's right. And it's you a know, tragedy. Uh, you know, our, our, go ahead. Our young children in church are more interested in what's happening in Hollywood than with the music artists. Yeah. You're right. And, or what the latest movie is. Let me say this. Yeah. Let me say this. The truth is yeah. what we see happening in the political arena. It's only a picture of what's taking place behind our pulpits. Now that's a statement. You know, the old timers yes. used to say that that that, well, and even the scripture says that. Uh, and I can't quote it chapter and verse, but I'll give you uh, to paraphrase it. Basically, you know, I will give them uh, the kind of leadership they deserve. <laughs> you know, yes, yes, right. I mean, you know, it, yes. it's, it's, brother Jeremy, you're, you're, you're going to say something. I don't want you to lose that thought. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to interject something. Uh, what you were talking about, uh, brother Fernando, on on the signs that God is giving, and then you said, but the preachers are asleep, and we see that example take place in the book of Jonah, when when the prophet, God's prophet Jonah, begins to run away, disobey what God tells him to go to Nineveh. And the Bible says that while he was on the ship, the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. I mean, I don't care how bad of a sleeper or, or, or hardcore sleeper you are. If you can't feel that storm, something's wrong. <laughs> You're and, right, and, brother. And, <laughs> and, you know, and I believe what, what, what God is teaching us is that the sleep and the slumber that the prophet Jonah was in was not a natural one. It was a spiritual slumber so great that um, even though that, you know, the Bible says that the mariners were afraid, the mariners, yes. the, the heathen began to cry out to their God. They began to, to you know, maybe if wow. we cast some of these wares wow. away, make, make it, lighten it up. And, and in all of this, the people are aware of what's going on, yet the preacher, the prophet God. of God, is asleep. That's He's powerful. Is that, that the, heathen, the heathen were more spiritual than the one who knew mm. the, the one true God. That's incredible, man. Great statement. Go ahead. Sorry. And, so, and, so, and so the heathen, no, this is great, brother. This is great. Interject whenever you want. But, yeah, but yeah. the oh. heathen began in that hour to search around the ship. And they found the prophet of God mm. sleeping. Mm-hmm. Think about that, sleeping. And the Bible says that the shipmaster came to him and said, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Yes. Get up. 
Like, yeah. he begins to speak to him. He says, get up, arise. Call My upon God. The, the, thy God. If so be it that God will think upon us and we shall perish not. And, and to me, this is a perfect, this is more, there's more that I can say. And I, and I start preaching if I start going more into these verses because of all the yeah. questions they ask. But I just wanted to make a point. The similarities right now in this hour. Yeah. Where the the men of God, the preachers, our prophets should know what's going on. We should know how to address these things according to the word of God. And what is taking place? We are in a deep spiritual slumber. Exactly of what Jesus spoke about actually in Matthew 25 when he gave the parable of the ten virgins. Yeah. They were asleep. They fell into yeah. a slumber. They said, oh, my Lord, tarry and then a slumber yeah. came. I just wanted to point that out, brothers. That's powerful, you know that. that let me say this, ahead. brother Mark. I know this. Is, I know this is up your alley. You stirred something up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, That's and all right. I want to no. give a. I want to give a plug to the people, or a plug to brother Marty to the people. Uh, 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 go to our website. There was a message brother Marty preached some years ago at one of the yes. big, one of the biggest platforms in uh, Christian television. I don't know what some. Five, six, seven years ago, it was a message called "What Meanest Thou, Sleeper?" Yes, yes. Uh, Two thousand and seven. You need to go to our web- yeah. It's a message that you preached. You need to go to our website and check it out. Very relevant to today, and and he very laid prophetic. out uh, exactly. Yeah, very prophetic and still relevant. He laid out what Pastor Jeremy was speaking of in that message. So. uh um, I challenge you, and I, and I want you to go to our website at www.worldharvestministries.net and hear that message and see if it still echoes today, and I guarantee you that it will. Go ahead, Brother Marty. And it's yeah, free. It's just, well, I, want, I want to make that point. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> don't cost you nothing. Yeah, we, we yeah. Don't ask, we don't, yeah, we're not asking for nothing, man. You know, it's interesting what you said, uh, bringing that up, because uh, as you were speaking, and you said, where did they find the prophet? You know, they found him at the bottom of the boat. I mean, that's the lowest. That's where the bilge is. You know, that's where you know the you know everything that that's undesirable is placed in a ship, especially back then. You know, and 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 this is how low uh, the prophet had gone in his spiritual walk, in his rebellion. Uh, and and what was that rebellion? Because. You know, if you if you read the story of Jonah, and it's interesting how the flow of our conversation is going today in this podcast, because uh, it's really it's it's we've looked at the institutions, we've looked at the problems of the nation, we've looked at you know uh, you know uh, you know what's going on in society, so forth and so on. But we're, we keep coming back to what the heart and the core of the problem is and has always been is is that when the spiritual leadership has neglected its responsibility to 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 uh, to be the the city set on a hill if you will to be that candle that's lit and set in the middle of the room to drive away darkness when the spiritual leadership goes to sleep then what hope do the people have of hearing clearly and being uh, motivated to move in a direction that will bring about its own survival and salvation and here we have uh, Jonah, the, the prophet, uh, and by the way, back in that message, if you remember, the, the name Jonah literally means a dove, the bird, you know, mm-hmm. a dove. Right. And a dove, right. and I'm going to make a lot of 
a lot of you Pentecostals and Charismatics mad at me, but, you know, the, the dove represents the Holy Spirit, <laughs> right? Yeah. The dove represents yeah. the Holy Spirit. So to me, as the Lord ministered it to me back then, uh, it, it, he was literally saying that in the future, there would come a move of God where the, those that claim to be the, the people of the Spirit, you know, the Holy Ghost roller people, you know, they would be right. the ones who would uh, abdicate their position and responsibility of, of proclaiming the word of God as it should be and would literally, in wow. rebellion to God, reject the message. Because there's an interesting statement in the book of Jonah there. It says that Jonah fled from the presence of God. And I remember mm. when I was reading that, I asked the Lord, how is it possible to flee from your presence? Are you not everywhere? Is not your presence right. everywhere? So how is it that Jonah fled? And the answer, I believe, that came to my heart from the Spirit of God was this. The, the presence of God will always be found in the purpose of God, in the decree right. of God. And it is that that Jonah rejected. He rejected and abdicated his position from the decree of God to preach the gospel to a wicked generation in the hopes that it would repent. He didn't want to do that. Instead, he bought a ticket headed to Tarshish, uh, which is back then and that day, that is where all the Phoenician money traders were. I mean, that was kind of like the big port where all the money people came, you know. And it, it's like that. It's, it's as if the Pentecostal Charismatic Church, uh, and I'm not, you know, and I am blaming them because they're, 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 we, we are the people of the Spirit, you know. We, you know, yeah, Methodists yeah. are Methodists, Baptists are Baptists, Presbyterians are Presbyterians, go down the list of the denominational world. But it's the Pentecostals and Charismatics who claim to have the Spirit of God and all the great spiritual insight. Well, what is it that you see 90%, 95%, you know, I'm trying to be kind here, of what you see in Pentecostal <laughs> and, 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 and charismatic, you know, realms nowadays is all about money. It's about money, man. I mean, give me your money, give me your money, give me your money. I want your money. And and you can be rich, you can be rich, you can be rich. Everything is about self-prospering and so forth and so on. Anything but the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's that that has sent the church into a slumber. We can go way back, you know, some 30 years, 40 years ago now, when it first began, this, this message of prosperity began uh, to to infect the church uh, and, and, and go all the way back to a preacher out of Oklahoma uh, who, said, who said a 900-foot Jesus appeared to him when he was in the desert and told him to build a hospital and all this kind of stuff. Those of you old enough to remember will know who I'm talking about. But what he failed to mention was he was he was actually he he said I was in the desert and the 900 foot Jesus told me to build this hospital. But he was actually he was actually in Palm Springs in a multi million dollar mansion. Palm Springs, for those of you who don't know, Palm Springs, California is a desert. <laughs> but I I, I wouldn't yeah, exactly, imagine. I wouldn't exactly you know say that's the kind of desert that you know. That, that so he wasn't in the problem. cave then. Yeah. Right. So he yeah, wasn't exactly. in the cave, Brother Marty. <laughs> he wasn't in the cave, no. But it began a movement that has so pervaded the church and infected the church with this thing that it literally put the entire 
you know, next generation to sleep as Jonah fell asleep. How do you flee from the presence of God? You flee from the purpose of God. That's what Jonah did. And where does it lead? To the very bottom of the boat. The bottom of the boat. And it's powerful what you said. Remember what happened. The Bible says that because of his disobedience, a great storm came upon the sea. Now, allowing the scripture to interpret scripture, uh, we know that the sea symbolically represents the peoples of the entire world. That's what the angel told John in, in the book of Revelation. The sea are the peoples and the tribes and the languages and the tongues. So it's interesting if you look at it uh, symbolically, the storm that came upon the sea can be likened to a great storm that came upon the world, if you will, at that time, if we're bringing it up to our generation. And the reason the storm came on the sea or upon the world it wasn't because of all the despots and dictators and all the stuff we've been talking about. It was because of the disobedience right, right. of the man of God that, that wow. brought the storm. The, the storm came because the, the Pentecostal preacher was asleep in the bottom of the boat. He was asleep in disobedience to God in the bottom of the boat, fleeing from the purpose of God, which was to call a world back to God, Nineveh at that time, back to God. But he refused to do it, and as a result, great turmoil turmoil came upon the sea so that the mariners, who at the time the Lord showed me, they represent the leaders of the world, the governors of the world, the, those who know how to navigate themselves throughout the, you know, the system of the world. Even they became afraid. They became afraid right. and began to call upon their false gods. It's like that. I believe, Brother Fernando, you mentioned that earlier uh, about, uh, you know, men's hearts failing them for fear of what they see coming upon the face of the earth. This is exactly what we see right now. Perplexity. Perplexity. Yes, with perplexity. You know what that means, right? With perplexity means that try as hard as they might, Google it as much as they want, they can't find an answer. (laughs) They don't know what the answer is, you know, how to navigate through this. So what do they begin to do? They begin to take all the stuff that's in the boat, all the valuable things that are in the boat, they begin to throw it overboard. So how do, how do we liken that to? We, don't, we, we can say, okay, that represents economic prosperity. They began to, to, wow. to enter into economic depression. You mentioned that earlier today, Brother Jeremy, wow. uh, in history. Yeah. Uh, the disobedience of Jonah caused not only a great storm to come upon the sea, Symbolically speaking of our time, the disobedience of of these uh, so-called, you know, spirit-filled preachers and leaderships at, at, at every level to preach the word of God has caused themselves to be in a deep slumber, has literally brought about a turmoil that we see now breaking forth upon the earth itself, upon the planet itself. Not only that, it caused great economic uh, depression because they're throwing everything off the boat, you know, so they're suffering a lot. And and all of it was tied to the disobedience of the one person on the ship who knew God, who truly knew God, but was in disobedience to God. So this Can is where we find ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. You know, uh, one of the uh, the things that are, that is very uh, particular about this story that at least when I read it, we see uh, from verse six to verse nine that these shipmasters, these these men, they address with persistence, they address the prophet 
time and time again. They first they question him what what mean is that sleeper, then they get yeah. lots, and then they ask him a series of questions. So this is my point. This is the question I have: What was causing this persi- persistence? Why did they keep persisting and going back to the prophet? Well, it's because they knew that this man had the answer. You know, and and it's like today, leaders, they're trying to, where are the men of God? They're asking, they're they're asking the questions. But it's amazing the persistence that these men had in going continually to the prophet. You know, they ask him a series of questions. They cast a lot. Why? Why were they drawn to the prophet, brother? Why were they being persistent? Well, I think, well, if we're going to just talk about the United States of America, I mean, when we come down to it, uh, and it's maybe not that way as much as it used to be, but, you know, they know. The world knows. You know, that's why they get so right. angry whenever the church, pardon my French, screws up. Whenever we prove right. to be the exact opposite of what we claim to be, my God, they blast yeah. it all over the media. It's not because they want to kick us while we're down. It's because deep down inside, we are yeah. supposed to be wow. the conscience and the voice of a nation. And when they look at us and go, my God, you're just as corrupt as us, it makes them twice as angry because we walk around with a cross around our neck and robes on our back and a big Bible in our hand claiming to be the answer and the moral authority for a nation when the truth of the fact of the matter is, is that we're living in a way that is totally contradictory to the way that the scripture says that we should be living. And as a result, when they have no answers, they come to us and they keep coming to us going, what meaning thou Oh, man. My <laughs> God. There was a time. There was a time. And I know a message that Pastor Fernando, you preached a few years ago. There was a time in the 70s, 80s where the evangelists were the conscience of America. They were yeah. the men who, who the, you know, that could speak to a nation. There was a time where, where, where many stadiums were filled of people. Yeah, I remember uh, reading a testimony of a, a, a crusade that Billy Graham had. And uh, I, I think Ravi Zachariah is the one who said it. He mentioned how he came early and, and, but, it, the time hadn't even come for the service. The place was already packed that the service began earlier because it was already filled, packed to capacity. My God. People coming people coming in groves to Christ, yes. not, not, not walking, running to the altar, running. running, running to the altars. There was a time where the preachers in America could speak to the conscience of this nation. Where are they and, be res- and be respected. Yes. Right. You know, right. One, yes. one, one of the reasons that, that I'll always love Billy Graham, and uh, uh, I believe his name was Clive uh, Barrow, and I forget the other gentleman's name. It was three three men that God put together, godly men. And one of the things early on when they were just young men in their early 20s that they agreed to as they began their ministries was that they would never, ever go into a hotel room alone and that they would always yeah. hold one another accountable to be to be the examples of Christ that they were called to be. And these three men making that covenant together, and you can go down the list and look at Billy Graham's 
wonderful life as an evangelist. She's uh, he, what he's 98, 99 uh, at the time of our recording here. Uh, not a hint, not even the slightest hint of scandal what? in right. his life because he chose to be accountable. And I think this is what we see that has happened over the last 30 years, as Brother Fernando pointed out in one of our earlier podcasts, was that within a 30-year period, we have gone from being the moral conscience of a nation to being the mockery of the nation because of the fact that we were accountable to no one but ourselves. And when it came to dealing with our own demons, we were too proud to admit to ourselves and to each other We need help. We're just like everybody else. We need the blood of Jesus Christ to help us and cleanse us. And, you know, we became enamored and in love with the power of the ministry and the wealth of the ministry, even as it was in Jesus' day, like you were saying, Brother Fernando, to what will I liken this generation? To what will I liken the leadership of this generation that has brought the nation to this point, to where they would rather crucify the Son of God and put down the message of God then give up their position, their power, and their prestige. My God. My God. My God. God help us all, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> so, no, they, so they, the they, uh, Go ahead. They did the same to Jesus. They did the same to Jesus when, uh, when he asked the question, what shall I like in this generation unto? He, he went on to say that Concerning himself, they called him a drunk. That's right. They called him one right. they, 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 they said things about they had no respect towards his ministry. Again, my Lord, that is the sign that is taking place today. Interesting. A, mm, good point. A flat-out disrespect to to God's ministers. Now, let, let's let's get this straight. A lot of it, we deserve it. Absolutely, we you deserve know, it. We deserve it, you know. Christ didn't deserve it. No. He was perfect. But perfect. it did show the attitude of the people in his day towards his ministry. Now, now there was a time where a lot of these ministers that got caught in scandal, um, they were doing the work of the ministry. They they were preaching the gospel. The the, the coming of the Lord was thundering from their ministries. The, the message of yes. salvation was thundering through their ministries. And 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 as God anointed them with a, a particular word for such an hour, along with it came the 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 financial gain that comes along with the anointing taking you to levels that man can't take you to, and that's that's where the failure came in. They were not able to distinguish the two, uh, uh, and 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 they fell into the financial gain, and they fell into adultery. And, and sexual sins and, 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 and forgot who it was that had anointed them. Kind of like Samson, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. uh, Delilah kept saying, you know, hey, where, where does your power come from? What's your Why secret? Why are you so anointed? Mm-hmm. What's the secret? And and we know what happened with Samson. He ultimately fell and, 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 and looked upon his own strength and his own ability. And that was, you know, 
the end of his, of, of, of his ministry at that height and level. Of course, God used uh-huh. him one more time again in his grace and mercy, and he's willing to do the same thing, and he has. He's restored many uh, ministers uh, throughout the years that have failed in those in that era of the 80s, 70s, and 80s. You know? But, but, but again, it's, 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 uh, but it, what's amazing is they come up with new revelations after those things, if you notice. I sat I sat at a lunch table. If I mentioned the name of the evangelist, it would you know, everyone in the world would possibly know who he is, at least those that lived, you know, within the last twenty five years or so would know his name. Probably the most powerful evangelist yeah. uh Pentecostal evangelist the world has ever seen. And I sat down and I asked him the question. I had the great privilege of, of having conversations with him. And uh, and I would ask questions and listen. And I asked him one day. I said, "How do you build a ministry?" And his and you know I was expecting some you know spiritual answer. You know you seek God. You know you cry out to the Lord. You read the Word. You know and God uses you or whatever. No, the answer that came back to me stunned me. Uh, he said he said to me he said, "Well, you need to pick yourself out a particular subject or or niche." And you 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 basically plant your tent right there, and you just stay on that subject, and you don't change it, and you just preach it and preach it and preach. Same thing he said. And after a while, he said you'll build an audience, and that audience will build another audience, and before you know it, the funds will come in. And so it was so anti-spiritual that it really broke my heart. And and that goes along the lines of what you're saying, and also what you were saying earlier uh, about you know the failures that we saw in the late '80s and carried on into the '90s, and even now it's just uh, I can't <laughs> I don't even recognize yeah, yeah. you know most of what we see on Christian television. Like we were talking about the other day, there's 11 channels on Direct TV. I think it's 11 uh, channels of of, of 24 hour a day, seven days a week, independent Christian broadcasting networks. And, and you know, I, I challenge the listening audience just to go and turn on any of those channels at any given moment of the day. And I challenge you, out of all that programming, you will be fortunate to hear the gospel preached maybe once a day, maybe. I ask you, when was the last time you actually turned on your television and saw a great evangelist like a Billy Graham compelling people to come to the cross of Jesus Christ, to lay down your sins, and to ask him to forgive you, and, and, and to begin a brand new life. And the altars, like Brother Jeremy was saying, were filled with people streaming, not walking or jogging, but running to the, to the, to the altar uh, to, to, to pray the sinner's prayer and to ask the Lord to come into their life. It's been, it's been decades since we've seen anything like that in America. And finally, and I'll let you guys continue, uh, I thought about what you were saying earlier for now. I thought about uh, Hophni and Phinehas. Uh, if those of you right. who are not familiar with the word, you can go to First Samuel and read the condition of, of, of Israel at that time, where they had the tabernacle pitched in a place called Shiloh. The head priest, uh, his name was Eli, and he had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Eli had grown old and fat and had, you know, been prospered on the offerings of God's people. But his two sons, a new generation of leadership, rose up and began to sleep with the women, the Bible says, getting drunk in the house of God, and, 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 and taking the best offerings of the people for themselves 
And then the scripture says something so profound. It says it got so bad that the people abhorred or hated wow. even even Amazing. giving an offering to the church. My God. Go ahead, guys. No, no, that's, again, um, it's the attitude of the world towards the church. Nowadays, the same attitude that the people had uh, towards the ministry of Eli and the sons. Um, and, you know, here here at uh, World Harvest Ministries, I know myself, Brother Marty, Pastor Jeremy, um, we're, we're a product of those movements, God, that took place. You know, yes. uh, and, and we're, we're ministers of God made that, uh, that that invitation to receive Jesus into our heart. And and that's what we feel compelled to do. It's what, what, what the church once used to do. To see it again in our generation. Yes. And that is yes. to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the sinner. And to Amen. tell that Jesus saves that Jesus heals, that Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost, and that Jesus is coming again. And I feel in my heart, and I feel in my spirit, um, that the time has come to make the invitation to some of you that are uh, in a gray area right now. Um, yes. You're maybe tired of religion, but you've tried of the world. Uh, you're looking for the truth. And let me tell you, the truth has never changed. Yes. The truth is still the same. That's good. His name is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jerk as we close out this podcast. And if you notice, we, we just shared our hearts. There was no structure to the conversation. We just went as the Lord led us to, 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 to go in the directions that we went to. But I believe that uh, uh, the Lord tied all this conversation here to, uh, together for this moment. Jesus said, what should I liken this generation unto? And Pastor Jeremy, before you, you pray and, and, and that, let me just say one last thing here. If we left it at this, it would seem as if, well, what's the, what, what's, you know, what's the hope? What's the difference? We spoke of Hophni and Phineas and Eli just prior to Pastor Fernando uh, bringing us to a conclusion here. But let us never forget that just even as in the days of Jonah and his disobedience, God literally moved him into the direction of fulfilling his purpose, and Nineveh indeed did repent. Ultimately, Nineveh would be judged a generation later. And when I look at our, when I look at the United States of America, I feel as if like Hophni and Phineas and Eli in that time when the people abhorred the religious institution because of the corruption that it saw. God had a Samuel, a young man, yes. waiting in the wings. There was a young man that would arise and become the greatest prophet probably to that day. And some say the last judge of Israel. The Bible says of him that not one word that Samuel would speak would ever fall to the ground. Now, But what we do see is the mercy of God waiting in the wings. And I, I have a feeling in my heart that just as Joel, the great prophet, prophet prophesied it, and, and remember, brothers, as we're recording this program, and you listening audience, uh, I believe, what's today, the 26th of September, 2017, we are just yes. two days, we're two days away from, or three days away, somewhere in there, 
from uh, the, the Hebrew uh, festival of Yom Kippur, or the Day yes, of Atonement. Right. And, and, and that day represents the day when the great high priest would go into, once a year, go into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was, and he would bring a lamb, a spotless lamb that was offered to God, and there he would apply the blood to what was then known as the judgment seat. And if the, the, the sacrifice was acceptable of God, the presence and the beauty and the aura, the Shekinah glory, as we call it, of God would appear over that judgment seat and it would become the mercy. It is the blood, and this is a type of our spotless lamb, Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Christ that can take your sins from judgment to mercy. Yes. That can take you from 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 being condemned to being freed. They can take you from being bound to being loosed. They can take yes. you from being jailed to being freed. Amen. And, and I believe that, that we're not talking about institutions now. We're not talking about organized religion. We're not. We're we're really rebels, if you will, <laughs> here at World Harvest Ministries, because what we're <laughs> what we're advocating. Is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, man. You can find him under a tree on top of a mountain or standing in line at a checkout counter. Jesus will meet you where you are. And this is the beauty of it. Because no man takes glory but Jesus Christ himself. And so today is your opportunity. Jesus said, today is the day of salvation through his prophet Isaiah. Today is the day of salvation. You can make that decision right now, right where you are. And, and today can begin the very first day of the rest of your life. And for those of you that have been away, and maybe some of the things that we shared made you mad, or maybe some of the things we shared with you resonated with your heart. You said, yeah, you know, uh, that is what's happening, you know. And, 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 and that's one of the reasons I don't even go to church anymore. Well, that's, that's cool and all that, but, you know, you feel that deficit in your heart. You feel that loneliness, that once joy that you had when you first came to the Lord, then you became disillusioned with everything that you saw around you. And now you just kind of live your life. You love God, but eh, you're not like it used to be. Well, today you can make that choice and decision and change that all around and begin your uh, rekindling and a renewing of your walk with God. And so we challenge you out there, come to Jesus, man. Come to Jesus and let him be the Lord, the Savior, and the Master of your life. Hey Amen. I'll leave you with this scripture before I say that prayer found in Luke 11:32. The words of Jesus: "The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation, and shall condemn it, for they repented." That's the key. They repented mm-hmm. at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, they greater than Jonas is here. One more. Yes, Father. We come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, God, and we thank you for this time that we have had in your word to discuss, to speak on the things that are brewing in our hearts concerning the prophetic times that we are living. Father, I don't know who's been hearing. Maybe even a a backslidden preacher is hearing today, God, but that has felt the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to come back, Lord. Maybe people that have been hurt in church, God, 
and have felt far away. They don't want to step anymore in the church, God. Maybe for that person, God, you have allowed us to speak, Lord, as you're calling your people back. Father, this day, God, can be a day of reconciliation, God. This day can be a day of repentance, Lord, for those. And, Lord, we pray, God, that you would draw the hearts, that your convicting power, God, would draw us unto you, Lord, not unto a church, not unto a religion, not unto a man, but unto you, Lord, the man, the Christ, the Jesus. You said in your word, God, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me, Lord. Draw the hearts, God, that maybe after, after, after this program is over, God, that all that people have to do is just open their mouth, confess with their mouth, and believe in their hearts, and they can call on to God, and they shall be saved. For all yes. who call on the name of Jesus shall be saved, yes. God. The day yes. of salvation is today, Lord, and we yes. stand in belief today on that word and on that promise in Jesus' name. If you have been blessed, hallelujah, if you have been blessed with this with this uh with this program, if you felt the Lord has spoken to you, when we after after you turn off this program, you can right there where you're at, you can make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your heart. Just call on to him. We want to thank you for for tuning in with us. And uh, and we hope that you continue to tune in with us and tell others. You can find us at a website. Our website is www.worldharvestministries.net. There you can also link with us through our Facebook page. And there you will find much and much more messages, materials, articles that will bless your heart. But above all, we pray that you could keep us in prayer and that you keep tuning in. And as we like to say here, because he's been faithful, faithful to me, looking back his love and mercy. He's always waiting 
and I see you once again that he's been faithful Thank you, Mariah. Praise God. 